Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Amy. Amy, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, sure. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Amy, um, Amy Wanheller. So I am a violinist um, and I play in orchestras and I also teach um, part-time. I am still a doctoral student uh, working on my dissertation and uh, I uh, have a genetic disorder, uh, Alice-Dallas syndrome. And because of that, it comes with a lot of complications. Um, and uh, I've become uh, quadriplegic at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, thank you, Amy. And um, yes, uh, so you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And w so what exactly is Ehlers-Danlos? So Alice Daniels is um, one type of uh, connective tissue disorder. And so basically the collagen in our body when we produce is different than other people. So the protein was a little faulty. So it makes a lot of laxity in the joints and the, including actually the blood vessels, um, the organs everywhere in our body. Wow. And um, so um, so so um, how does Ehlers-Danlos affect your everyday life? Um, so basically, and I first noticed was I have a lot of blood pooling. Um, when I was still able to walk, and I will get those lightheadedness and the episodes of near fainting, and. Um, I need to drink more water, and I was told that it's kind of normal thing. Uh, some people also experiencing it by my mother. So I did not know anything about Alice Downs until about three years ago. And uh, um, then I noticed more dramatic changes like, oh, well, my TMJ actually started when I was a teenager, or um, I have subluxation in my shoulders and because of that I actually have to take really light load for playing uh, for a long period of time and I had to go to my osteopathic doctor very often to get that manipulated and put it back basically mm. wow yeah so now um, since it become more severe because it affects every joint. So now our spine is also part of our joints. So I have cervical instability. I'm not sure uh, if it is exactly what I have, or do I have, you know, a cranial cervical, or I forgot the other name, sorry, this uh, acronym of AAI, um, C1 to C2. So for me, uh, I did noticing there was a lot of clicking and clunking around my top of two cervical joints, and they are very painful. And I just gradually become unable to use my legs because um, tetra core syndrome. It's another type of um, spine kind of disorder, deformity. When I was born, I had spinal bifida occulta means that two of the bottom of the spine 
did not form properly and sealed together. So they have a gap. And that caused me when I have a fall or accident, and it's likely to cause CSF leak and all the other complications. So unfortunately, I did have scar tissue builds up and start pulling my spinal cord. Um, and I'm going to have surgery soon, but it's become very painful to sit around and uh, every time that I stretch a little, I can feel the whole entire spine feels pulling. And uh, with my cervical instability also, I cannot really feel stable with my neck. And so sometimes I have very obvious kyphosis and I also having issues with laying back with my headrest. So then my bottom of cervical field really painful, like they are trying to pull forward. Um, and so they just wanted to go any direction they want to. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of pain. Wow. Yes, it does sound really painful. And um, I would also like to ask, um, um, you're an active wheelchair user. Um, and um, I'm so curious, um, be, being an active wheelchair user, do you think there needs to be more accessibility in public places? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I live in the metro plus, you know, the Dallas area. And uh, currently I have to go around using, um, because I'm using my power wheelchair now, and I don't have the option for Uber or Lyft. And I actually have to use public transportation, um, such as like those paratransit. And you have to schedule and wait. And there's a lot of issue comes with it if the driver is not available for certain location and you are there waiting and you might not find your way home. Um, and there's no like accessible van everywhere that you can just, you know, call and order. And so it's very scary when you go out and you are trying to figure out if you are able to get home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely, uh, understand the excessive accessibility for disabilities um, um in public places is a is an issue um i've 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 had like my own experience with that as well um i was i was i was in uh i was in an electric scooter um like about five or six years ago because uh i was my heart went into failure my heart failed and uh, i just didn't have a lot of energy to walk or stand for very long and so um i totally um un understand the um the accessibility for disabilities is a is a huge issue and i'm so glad we get to um bring more awareness to that to hopefully make more changes for accommodations yeah there's a lot i now i think about it there's so many into little details like i I actually still go to school sometimes talking to my professors and so at school we only have one entrance that has a accessible button and sometimes they don't even work that well and for people like like me 
um, I have very limited function in my arm and hands. So I can't really reach out to that spot. Even if now I have a power wheelchair that had the eye level which can elevate, I still have problem with reaching out. And so um, that's one of many. And of course, like our bathroom, we only have one very accessible ones um, that you can actually go in mm-hmm. and not stuck. So the problem is that one is very heavy and you can go in maybe with your power chair, try to force pushing in, but when coming out and I can never pull the door. So I always kind of having a bit of scarcity going into that bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So then every time I go to the bathroom, I'm always going to think about, am I able to come out or even just schedule the time because I actually do self catheterization. Um, I always have to think about the timing and I actually have very uh, bad accidents yesterday because the lack of help around even the hospital and they were not willing to because the liability issues. And so they rather just willing me into the, um, one of the bathroom, like the accessible stall. And they said, just do your thing and try not to transfer. So I actually can, I can transfer, um, but maybe having a slightly risk, but they don't want to take the risk. So it ends up being a disaster for me and they have to really clean up and everything. So it, those those moments are like things that we always unplan and um, hoping that there's more people can be willing to kind of help out. And I hope that it's also part of the accessibility. You know, um, we our needs, everyone's needs are different with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I think at least, um, maybe design things more universal Mm -hmm. that would be helpful yes yeah um like in you 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 made a really good point just now just um just in public places it would be really helpful to have um if there's a flight of stairs to have an elevator or 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 a wheelchair ramp uh just in all public places uh to ensure that um everyone's able to get to where they need to be uh in a um in in a um in in um um easily yeah <laughs> and i that reminds me of the trip going to new york and when i was still in the manual chair and it was it was something that i had to really start uh cutting out my travel plan like oh, if I do this, it will be too long of a trip and I can't really take a subway because you never know which stop that will have uh, accessible elevator because some of elevator doesn't work and they are right in front of you, but you actually cannot go up. And so mm-hmm. then you kind of just stuck in the ground. And so we kind of started just working on getting road all the way to the museum and everywhere and my husband's just trying to help me as a great workout but you know like it would be nice to also have the opportunity to use the subways yes yes 
And um, Amy, so what is your advice to people who have chronic illnesses and physical disabilities? Um, I would say be kind to yourself. And I tend to also still not doing that great on this part because I have a lot of able people, you know, they, they are my mentors, they are my professors and still trying to understand disabilities themselves. And so um, sometimes their requirement makes us feel like we need to um, be up to the standard, I would say. So um, you end up having a week really sick, you feel um, very fatigued, and then you're like, why did I not do things like that? Or I watched, you know, like, maybe a whole day of show because that's all I can do um, because you're like in, in a lot of pain. So you don't want to, you know, try to distract yourself. Um, I think doing homework sometimes doesn't really help to distract you enough and uh, then start beating myself up like, oh, why did I not do that? But I think it's it's okay. Like we have to have our own, our own standard for what, we should do deal with, and especially day to day. Every day is different. Every week is different. I have two days really great, and then also like try to save your energy for the rest of the week. I would say this is also advice for myself for sure. Um, I tend to become very productive. For example, like um, a whole entire two weeks, I was like really go dreadful with everything, and then with my. Um, I also have mast cell activation syndrome, so sometimes oh. they racks up, and uh, I eat certain things, and then just my my, my heart rate's like you know above a hundred, mm. and it's like you're constantly doing cardio, and so I don't have any energy for anything else. So eventually it got better. I was like, oh my god, I'm so pumped to do more things. So then I set up like you know to do list everything. And I feel like great for two days, but then because you use too much energy at the front and then you don't have anything left. And then the, the next week, it's just like blank page of planner, you know? Yeah. But I think it's normal, but also I think it should be more spread out. We always have great adrenaline that we can push through things, but we also always have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the, I I think you just um, brought awareness to something really important with chronic illnesses. Um, it's so important for um, us with chronic illnesses to be able to uh, listen to our bodies and uh, to know our limits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we do have, have our own limitations and um, it's just a normal thing like everyone's different there's no like oh I have less than some people or you know more than others and I think we should treat ourselves like as individuals yes yes absolutely <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share um let me think about it Yeah, you, you mentioned really great things about accessibility and uh, with chronic illnesses. And I think 
it's really right now it's raising more awareness and letting other people know um i don't think it should be just limited to the chronic illness community it mm-hmm. also shouldn't just limit to like for me i feel very i sometimes feel very isolated in certain support groups <laughs> um so for me i have our stellar syndrome but then i also um, suffers from spinal cord injury it doesn't matter if they have figured out or not um, it's how uh, the it presents the presentation is quadriplegic so when, when I go to Alice Downs support group and I felt very alone because there are not really many people or mm-hmm. even just one person in our area that is as severe as me so then you feel very lost when you're trying to ask for certain informations and then they don't know anything or you go to um, a different group and they don't know anything about our styles then they will suggest great things maybe for spinal cord injury but it's just not really working for us when we have a Alice syndrome mm. yeah yeah that's a really good point um being able to manage two different um, chronic illnesses or two different disabilities, um, and um, that's 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 a really good point. I think that's really good insight uh, to people who have like um, who ha- who have more than one disability. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, I I know I have a lot of thoughts usually, like you know, going to. Um, every day like I learn new things about disabilities and I sometimes feel like I still have some parts of ableism in me you know like I feel like everyone kind of have uh, some sort of ableism because um, we might have ability more than someone else and we might not understand it and I think it just kind of keep our mind open and keep learning about it Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yes, to to keep learning about um all different kinds of um issues and disabilities, I think will 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 really help uh the world uh un- understand um our community better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely.